0: Resistance, join the resistance, come on let's start by talking tactics, the 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 and have a pause match here's the how the we practice, the conversation, David Jason. Alright, hello everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, this is John Elliott, and this is Patrick Riccardi, and we're doing this week, Top 60s Movies, yeah. as I Google searched top 10 60s movies we're just going to keep going backwards in time until movies didn't exist which i think was the 50s so this is probably our last one 1850s um yeah we're going back to daguerreotypes so yeah i've got my i've got mine in order um you got yours you want to go first you want me to go first how you want to do this i can go first
1: okay I picked my number 10. It's kind of a sentimental favorite, and I also I like it as a movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a comedy from the 60s. called It's a mad, 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 mad world.
0: Have not seen it. See, we were saying before the break, you were like, you said, I guarantee you, you've seen all my movies.
1: I have not seen this one.
0: Really? Not even as a kid when it was on TV? No, but it's like a scavenger hunt
1: type movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's it's one of those, I mean, since then it's happened a lot, but I think this is the first time it was like a star-studded all the comedians you could think of were in one movie, and it's not especially good, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, Sid it's Caesar. Big, yep, he's in it. I thought so. Uh, you can name someone from that time period, and they're probably going to be in it. The three Stooges are in it. No uh, Don Don Rickles is in it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I, I th- another fun, and it's fun that it it was kind of an epic uh in the way it was made and i think it's like a it depends on what print you see but it's a long movie for a comedy it just keeps going and going and going but they they made it in cinerama so at oh, the time it was put out there was very few theaters you could see see i mean they could probably they probably showed it everywhere but there's very few theaters that you could see it in the the way it was made to be be shown and uh that's kind of fun the that they were doing that kind of thing, and this is the one they they did it for. I, I'd be interested in, in watching the Criterion Collection version of it just to see what kind of specials they have, like the special features. But I've not I've not seen that. I I didn't watch it till older. It was it's the kind of movie that appeals to, to little kids. It's it's kind of silly, over the top comedy as any kind of scavenger hunt movie would be. Yeah, but I think it's a it's a step above the the normal ones just because it's it's star studded in it. It's it was it was directed it wasn't just you know how some movies are just they're boilerplate this is this, it's going to be easy shots it wasn't like that there's some there's some cool like cine, cinematography in it
0: you would hope so if they shot it in cinerama yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: and uh peter fox one of peter fox first roles uh um anyway it's a movie it's worth worth watching oh yeah i didn't watch it as a kid but i had a, had a friend when i was in high school who was like it was his favorite movie ever so I had to watch it, and, I, and I, at the time I was like, "I don't know why this is your favorite movie," but I think um, it's it, my appreciation of it of it has grown from a cynical teenager to now. It's it's a fun, good movie. So
0: it is a basically a scavenger hunt movie. It's like a kind of chase, a race. I mean,
1: right? It's not there. The, the The star of the movie, Jimmy Durante dies and when he dies he actually kicks a bucket which is dumb but fun and uh, he says under the big W you'll find the treasure so the rest of the movie that everyone who was witness to that goes running for the big treasure and there's all sorts of uh, stereotypical characters involved in this chase the mother-in-law and uh, the big brute and it's yeah fun
0: so under the big W meaning the Hollywood sign W?
1: no there's like a they figure it out. There's—I okay. I don't even know if there's a spoiler, but there's uh, palm trees that are shaped like a W, and that's where it's where it's at. And I, I've I've seen the movie a few times, and I don't remember how it ends.
0: Well, it is—that is actually a Criterion Collection uh, release, so I bet it looks good, like the Blu-ray of it. Yeah. If you get yeah. it, um, if you—if anybody wants to go uh, spend forty bucks on Pat for a Blu-ray, be his guest.
1: Yes. Send it right to me. He'll tell you how it is. Post Office Box 1313 Mockingbird Lane. And And you're in number 10.
0: Well, I was going to say, though, speaking of uh, Peter Falk, I did not know this until very recently. Do you know how long Columbo ran? I mean, take a guess. I'll tell you, it Uh, started in 71. What do you think the last
1: year? No, I I think you're wrong about 71. I would say 60-something when it started for the original movie of it. But anyway. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. I'm talking about the TV series.
1: No, but there was a, before it became a TV series, there was a movie in the 60s, but I would say it ran, but not consecutively, but it ran until, like, 92. It ran until 2003. Wow. 10 years insane.
0: Old. I don't even remember that.
1: Yeah, well, it didn't really run consecutively, though. I guess I mean, not, but he, still. He, he was off the air for a long time, and it came back to a separate network, and yeah, it was
0: probably but, after like Murder She Wrote and those kind of diagnosis murder got big and they're like oh, right and he
1: was, and it was still a popular show and he was I guess he wanted a paycheck.
0: Yeah. It's
1: not 92 uh, uh, was a bad guess because I I, I re- actively remember watching Columbo's after 92 that were new. But the new ones weren't were, were pale in comparison. Yeah, yeah, of course. What made you find that out
0: out of that pop-up? I, uh, that? I, I don't remember. Uh, I was I think we were watching Columbo and um, I was looking something up, and I was like, "What? Holy shit!" <laughs> oh, because it was—I think it was like one of the later episodes. I was like, "Wait, this isn't this dude from Melrose Place or some shit." Or <laughs> um, anyway, I, as I always do, I'm cheating with a tie. Uh, I think I—I oh, I have three ties on my list. Sorry. Uh, for number ten, um, so from 1968 uh, 2001, a space odyssey, which we just saw, and tied with completely different. Uh, the Naked Kiss from 1964, so I think everybody knows at least a little bit about 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's not, it's also not like, it's pretty fucking tedious and ponderous. Like, there's a lot of things where you're like, get on with it, but like, just <laughs> technically, it, you can see why it's so amazing. Like, there's no Star Wars without this and mm-hmm. no anything. Like, before this, science fiction movies were cheesy crap fests, basically, and this is like you could put this out today and it would look modern for the most part.
1: But even if you put it out today, it would be kind of a snooze fest.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely the technical aspects that I'm I'm putting it on my list for because I think, like, in a way, it's, it was almost as big a deal as Citizen Kane in, like, how it totally changed the way people made movies. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you can, it's... You can see looking before and after, like, how big this was at the time.
1: I, I, there's a a movie critic who used to be I, I talk about it all the time he used to be on the Philadelphia, overnights on Saturday nights. Mr. Movie he had an encyclopedic knowledge of movies and his review. He, anytime he he talked about 2001, which he did not care for, but I think he he, he liked the imagery. But as a movie, he didn't like. He always talked about it got a lot of praise because people went to see it when they're high, so they're able to, to survive the, the boringness and just enjoy the imagery.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> well. Yeah. I. It, that's a little That's, rough. I, I think, yes. like, there's yeah. more to it than just
1: people being high. I didn't watch high. I, I um, agree. And, no, it's, it's but it, you have to know going in, it's not going to be, it, the imagery's, the image is awesome, but it's it's kind of a slow movie, and if you don't know that, you're going to be really, unless you're you're ready for it, I think it's, it's, for today's sensibilities, it's much different.
0: Yeah, it's a slow movie, also, with no, I mean, it's not Star Wars, don't get me, like, there's no resolution, it makes no fucking sense, a lot of it, mm-hmm. so. Um, but the other one is <laughs> The Naked Kiss by Samuel Fuller, who was kind of known for pulp movies, I guess. Um, and just, like, he was kind of like the Jim Thompson of his day where he could just, like, knock shit out really quick, I think. But he also, like, touched on a lot of things. Like, he did this one called Shock Corridor um, that I have to believe Dave Chappelle saw because it was, like, about this this um, psych ward. And, like, there was this black dude there uh, i almost said inmate i don't know what you call him patient there (laughs) um who like believed he was white and hated black people like he was a total racist um and and this was in the late 50s early 60s so he was ahead of time this one is about um a prostitute who um who is traumatized and like leaves her past and and moves to a small town but of course her past comes back to haunt her um and it's just, like, it is pulpy, but it's also, like, really emotionally affecting. It's it's a decent, it's a, actually a really good movie, that's why it's on my list, Naked Kiss, in 2001. See The Naked Kiss if you're going to see one of them, unless you are a total film nerd.
1: Yeah, I'd really like to see The Naked Kiss, that sounds fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'll, I'll try to uh, maybe share it with you somehow. Maybe we'll do it on the show sometime, that'd be fun. Uh,
1: uh, my number nine? Well, let's stick with Kubrick, and I haven't seen this since I saw it in the theater. So there's only my one thing went... it can be. Go ahead. No, that's not true.
0: I think there is. I mean, there's two things it can be. I think, but yeah, like, I, I yeah, think, it's the thing know. you
1: don't think. Then Spartacus. Okay.
0: Oh no shit. Yeah, that's a that's a fun movie. Uh, you know what I was thinking was Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Paths of Glory. I don't know when that came out. Um. Anyway. Spartacus, never seen it. See, there you go. I haven't seen either of yours yet.
1: And I I think I'm I'm a fan of epics, and this is, I don't know if this is the original epic, but it's early. No, it's not the original. Yeah, because like
0: Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments yeah. type things were early, and, I guess. And but. the David
1: Lee movies came before this, too. But anyway, it's a fun, fun movie. I don't know. This is not, I don't have a lot to say about this because I haven't seen this in the theater, but it, it it's kind of overwhelming in a good way in the theater.
0: Huh? Yeah, I, I know. I and I was see, I was never a fan of the epics, um, for whatever reason. I, mostly, I didn't. I saw them as a kid, like on TV, you know, when they would play, and I was like, ah, this is not for me.
1: Yeah, I I'd probably I appreciate it more now. I had the same experience, but then in when I was in college they started re-releasing a lot of them into theaters and that was the way to experience them. I mean, plus you have to be older to really enjoy them. So that was a fun time to watch movies.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think
1: I, I don't know. I, I basically
0: know the story and the, I am Spartacus. Like I, I, I should still watch it though, I, I guess, but it's long, right? It's like, yeah, yeah it's long 47 it's hours long or something.
1: Um, and uh, interesting fact about it is that uh, Trumbo wrote the screenplay, and Kirk Douglas insisted that he be credited to break the blacklist.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Of, of Kirk Douglas.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's seen, everything I've read about him seems like he's a pretty cool guy. I don't. I haven't read that much, but stuff like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh,
0: poor old Dalton. Um. Okay. Spartacus. Yeah. Not. Uh, not the one I was expecting. My and number. I
1: don't think this would be considered necess- – I mean, I think there's a bunch of recuts. This is before Kubrick had the power to say, hey, <laughs> I'm the director, and I can do whatever the hell I want. So I think Kubrick, uh, Douglas had decisions that Kubrick didn't agree with, and I think the studio did as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kubrick was yet yeah, nothing at that point still. Um, yeah, oh, another Criterion release. Actually, uh,
1: you're so like right now, is I, I mean. I think right now everything we've mentioned, unless two thousand one isn't everything Not, we've mentioned. Yeah, everything. Wow, has, so other than two thousand one, that's surprising that that didn't get a Criterion release. No, because they've done a bunch of
0: a bunch of Kubrick. I mean, they haven't done like the later stuff, The Shining and stuff. But um, well, yeah, I think the rest of my list, except for one, is all Criterion. Uh, so my number nine is Oh Hazard Balthazar by <laughs> uh, by Robert Bresson. Um, it's about a donkey. And this donkey goes through different owners. It just kind of follows this donkey through its life. And, uh, it's one of the movies. Well, I, I guess I mentioned it only on Facebook. I don't think I mentioned on the podcast that like, I think is a great movie. Everybody should see that. I will never watch again in my life because it is fucked up.
1: Um, like depressing. Oh, it's super depressing, dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say it, but I'd like the idea behind it.
0: Yeah. Um, but but also, I mean, I know, also, you kind of have to see it, too, because it's, like, so well made and well done. Anyway, um, yeah, there's not a lot to say about that. It's, it's in French, so I'm sure a lot of people have no interest in a depressing French movie about a donkey anyway. But that's my number nine. Um, what do you got for number eight?
1: Number eight, uh, something I watched on TV a bunch of times, and I think I finally saw it on DVD much later, uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I, I don't really know the difference between all the spaghetti Westerns and this, this, the, the name that popped up to me and it's really fun and enjoyable. And then I like Westerns more than you. So it's, I don't know that any of these are in your, on your list, but I like it. That's about all I have to say.
0: Almost on my list was the wild bunch, but didn't quite make it. Um, but I might have seen the good, bad and the ugly. I'm the same. Like there's Sergio Leone Westerns with uh, Clint Eastwood. I don't know. They all kind of blend together for me. And, they're also like the shit i saw on tv as a kid so mm-hmm.
1: um but they're they're i think they're legitimately well made there yes, i want to read i want to give them a try um they're they're good stories and they're they're well pretty pretty well uh, produced you have that weird stuff where some of the actors didn't know english so they have the right they're dubbed the, the dub the, the bad dubbing and that that's part of the charm really i don't remember the story of good bad and the ugly that well I, I mean i guess i do it's anyway it's all
0: the same story shit
1: yeah it's there's revenge there's there's other shooters i forget there's uh, lee van Cleef and eli wallach and yeah Well, stuff.
0: and they were more gritty and like morally more morally ambiguous than like the classic john wayne westerns everybody thinks yes of, I think. so
1: and um, on top of all that, there's the music, which is amazing. Yeah,
0: Ennio Morricone, who did the scores for a million great movies, not just westerns. Yeah.
1: Oh, and uh, so far I've had sixty-three, sixteen. That Goodbye and the Ugly is nineteen sixty-six, which on my list is the latest.
0: Oh no shit! Yeah, uh, uh, oh Hazard, Balthazar, however you say it, is also sixty-six. Um, oh, my. Okay, my number eight is from sixty-three. Uh, and it is High and Low by Akira Kurosawa, who... I feel like Kurosawa's got to be on any list of 50s and 60s movies. Um, and uh, he will be on my 50s list, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is not a samurai one. I mean, he's known a lot for, like, samurai-type stuff, although he didn't do all that many of them, really. Um, this is... This one is about... Um, man i should have i should have looked it up more because it's about a kidnapping like uh somebody kidnaps this rich businessman's son and uh but it's like way more complicated than that and it's got toshiro mufune who is um a kurosawa actor who's been in a ton of his movies and he's always great um yeah executive of a shoe company becomes a victim of extortion when oh his chauffeur's son is kidnapped and held for ransom that's what that's what it is so so it's like it's not even his son so it's it becomes kind of a moral quandary like how how far is he going to go for his chauffeur's son and it's actually pretty long too and it but it has like twists and turns that you don't see um was just great and high and low it's set in the present day for for the time um not in feudal Japan, and just great, high and low. Gotta recommend it. Uh, I think the Hidden Fortress was also in the '60s, which I haven't seen. But as that's good, you probably know, you know, Star Wars based on the Hidden Fortress.
1: So also, uh, George Lucas offered both Obi Wan and the Darth Vader role to, to Shiro Mifune. Oh no, shit! He said no. He, he thought it would look cheap. He Didn't really know <laughs> a lot about was, but I, I mean, yeah, he's not a sci-fi dude. He uh, Lucas did take a lot of of samurai films and used it with the, the Star Wars movies and, and not not just Hidden Fortress but just the idea of, of, of a princess, futile, yeah, 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 yeah. feudal, just like the samurai code, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I would think Hidden Fortress is is fifties. I, I I'm it, it might be Sixties. Yeah.
0: Um, I I could be wrong. Anyway, High and Low is yeah.
1: Hidden 60s. Fortress is, is fifty eight. Okay, yeah. And there's a uh, there's a Criterion Collection for High and Low.
0: Yes, I own it and I also own The Hidden Fortress, just haven't watched it. Um, number 7 for you.
1: I at number 7, I'm putting a classic that I think deserves to be a classic and I've seen it. I I think it, Psycho is the name of the movie of from course. 1960.
0: Yeah, didn't it, hit my list almost did, but
1: it's it's really well done. It's in it, I I like how when you read the history of this movie, how you you realize how things have changed in the last 50 years? It's just like they didn't want him to have the main character die. Spoiler alert! Die so early, in, die right. so early in the movie because people sometimes came to the movies late and wouldn't know what was going on, which is so ridiculous when you think of it in today's terms. Yeah,
0: that was their reasoning
1: on that. I yeah. thought it
0: was just like, oh, you can't have. Yeah, uh, that's really weird.
1: <laughs> That's well, why I read
0: him. it. Then you, you stay for the next showing and watch the beginning. Shit.
1: Exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 creepy. It's based on the same – well, it turns out he's not so much of a serial killer, but the same creepy murderer as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's very, very loosely based.
0: Yeah, well, both of them are, yeah. Ed, yeah. Ed Gein, Gun. Gain, yeah, however you say his name, yeah. Um. Yeah, of course, Psycho. And, you know, when you just read or – or um, watch like a documentary on the that shower scene and like the number of angles and cuts and shit. It's, that's yeah. shit is crazy.
1: Like and, and just yeah, the, the angles and cuts and the the research that they did to figure out what color the blood needed to be to look good in black and white. Yeah, it's just small stuff like that that they really look deeply into.
0: And it's a scene that doesn't it lasts for seconds on screen. Right. like it's insane. Yeah. No, but that's...
1: The, again again combined with the music that I got I think that's her what's his name the famous oh, God, uh, Herman. Bernard Herman Bernard Herman yeah, yeah. It, the, the music is amazing in that movie and it's not just the music the music is used as sound effects that that shower scene with the music is just it's chilling it's great
0: yeah and the, I mean that basically invented horror sound effects in movies I feel like psycho that, yeah. with that yeah. those kind of strings even like John Carpenter who does a lot of of his own music for his films. um, like Halloween is kind of based on that. You can, if you think of the theme, um, yeah, no, you can't go wrong with that. I think when people talk about Hitchcock, they're talking about psycho or possibly North by Northwest or vertigo or rear window. But like the, there's a very few like core films and psycho is
1: definitely one of them. Which is too bad because I think some of the ones that aren't mentioned are actually better. Yeah, we
0: saw man. We went and saw one um, at the at the Pacific Film Archive out here in Berkeley um, that I'd never heard of, and um, it was old. It was like just basically an unknown Hitchcock, you know. But it was it was good. It was a it was like a police procedural type movie. And,
1: <laughs> yeah. Was it, so it was one of the ones he made in Britain before he came over.
0: No, it wasn't that early. I mean, I think it was fifties, probably or huh. maybe forties. Um, what what was it? I fucking can't remember, dude. Um, oh. But I would say late '40s or early '50s, probably. Anyway, doesn't matter, because he moved over in the '30s, I think.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I thought all all of his his American movies were pretty well known, so yeah. So I'm no, surprised. It, it,
0: no, it wasn't one that I was familiar with. Um,
1: but uh, speaking of Columbo, I, I I think they even admit this, but um, what's the, what's the one with Ray Milland called Murder? Set in, uh, what is it? uh dial in for murder in dial dial for, for murder yeah. is is when they wrote that they had that in mind with with the the uh what, what do they call it when it's not a who done it's how they did it right, cuz you right. know from the start of the movie the, who, who the murderer yeah. is and that's that's another thing that he did first and that I think is better it should be I think that's better than a lot of his other more famous movies yeah oh
0: actually strangers
1: on a train is great too Yes. And uh, what's the, the other one with the, the, the set in Santa Rosa where uh, the uncle comes to visit? It's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. Cotton. yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Shadow of a doubt. Not oh, a that's one. not what I would have thought. Yes.
0: But I've seen that. Um, all right. My wait. What, number seven. My number seven. Uh, here's another French one for you guys. Le Samurai um, by Jean-Pierre Melville from 1967 um it's super cool and like stylish and like there's a lot of it's a hard sell because there's there's a lot of scenes with no dialogue um but like the cinematography and the set design and everything are great and it's just about this like professional killer uh dude he so there's not a lot of plot to it it's kind of a basically a revenge movie um and there's not a lot for him to say. He's he's a killer. He doesn't talk much. What's he got to say? Um, but Sounds it's fun. yeah, it's really cool. Um, awesome, awesome cinematography and like cool like nightclub scenes in '60s Paris and shit. So, uh, Le Samurai, my number seven. Go for it.
1: Number six, uh, another one that you might not have seen, the man who shot who shot Liberty Valance. Did not less see it. gritty. But I think it's a very wonderful, different kind of film. I mean, John Wayne kind of hams it up as always, but Jimmy Stewart is more subtle. I was going to say it's, I knew
0: Jimmy Stewart was in that; I didn't know John Wayne was. So.
1: It's 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 a it's an interesting, fun story, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot to say about it. It's it's told in it's kind of well, I, most of the movie is told in flashback, and I think there's flashbacks inside the flashback. But it's uh, John, Jimmy Stewart shows up for John Wayne's funeral, and he goes back to how they met and. What, what things were like when they were younger and they bro- they're both playing people who are 20 years younger than than the actors are so it's kind of kind of weird to see 50 year old Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne playing <laughs> playing actors who are supposed to be in their
0: 20s like yeah Beverly Hills 90210, yeah
1: not even but it's <laughs> it's not it's not the point nobody cares yeah
0: yeah well but and, it's no go ahead.
1: It's it's an interesting story. It's I think I don't know if it's his last, but one of John Ford's la- la- later movies, la- later westerns. And I was reading a little bit about the stuff that happened on set. For the studio insisted John Wayne be in the movie, and Ford didn't want him to be there. So the entire movie, while they're filming it, John Ford was an, a pain in the butt to everybody, but especially John Wayne. He'd say things like. Uh, like he'd mock him for not being a successful football player since he got injured. He'd ask him why he didn't go to into World War Two and dodge the draft while he was the like John Ford was filming like prop not propaganda but uh, stuff for the troops and right. Jimmy Stewart was actually flying bombers. Fly, yeah. <laughs> so damn that kind of amuses me.
0: But didn't he didn't John Ford work with John Wayne
1: from way early on? Wasn't stage yeah. coach. Yeah. Yeah. He started his career. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really weird.
1: Well, well, I think it's just like he didn't have that in mind, and they forced it on him. So he, instead of, he was kind of stuck having to have him in the movie. So he's being I mean, dick. I think he, yeah, I think he still liked the guy. Yeah,
0: he's just hardcore fucking with him. Well, yeah. let's be honest, John Wayne was not a good actor. I mean, he, yeah.
1: he was. Well, he did I what think- he did. But I I think that's, what's good about John Ford. I think he realized what he had with John Wayne. And and when, when John Wayne was in a John Ford movie, he seemed like a good actor. Yeah. But yeah, figured out he wasn't when he was in a non John Ford movie.
0: Um, all right. The man who shot Liberty Valance. I, I should see if it's streaming. I know I should watch some of these old, I mean, because I do like the Japanese samurai movies and it's basically the same thing. Westerns and samurai movies.
1: Um, and the good westerns, and this is not one of, the, of John Ford's best westerns because they, he was forced to shoot in black and white for budgetary reasons. And westerns weren't as popular as they used to be before the '60s. But the the good ones, like The Searchers, I think, which I I'm pretty sure is John Ford. But one of the beautiful parts of that movie, which I think is a really that um, spoiler alert will almost certainly be on my '50s list, is how beautifully shot it is. Like there's these in Monument Valley these these awesome tracking shots and cinematography is beautiful. So. That that's something to to appreciate in this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's dumb of me because every genre has good movies. I just I think I saw so many westerns on TV as a kid, and they were so corny and stupid that you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the the macho ness of them never appealed to me. I, I was never that kind. Of, you got a, an airplane landing in your room there?
1: No, I'm actually recording in in the garage. Oh, I'm fixing a motorcycle as we speak. You are quite the mechanic. Um, Bad transmission. Yep,
0: that's what I always say. Your transmission shot. $5,000, please. Um, my number six is another tie. Um, and the reason most of these ties came about was because I thought of movies later after I already made my list and I didn't want to take anything off. But um, um, So a tie with The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, 1964. Um Oh my god, what is the fucking dude's name? I'm blanking on it, but it'll come to me, uh, the the filmmaker. And tied with The Graduate from 1967, which possibly you have on your list, I don't know. Um, I think most people are familiar with The Graduate, and it holds up pretty well. Like, it's another Criterion one that we got recently we watched it. It's like, yeah, this is not not bad. Um, Jacques Demy, by the way, the director of The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Um... It's about, a uh, the graduate, if you don't know, is Dustin Hoffman. Breakout performance. And, uh, he's kind of an aimless dude just out of college. So I think it probably resonated a lot in 67 with people. Uh, and, and, uh, an aimless dude who's weirdly hit on by his girlfriend's mother. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird movie, uh, Wait, what's a... God damn it. Mike, and I'm blanking on that Mike something. Who's... Oh, uh, uh, Mike of is Nichols? Mike Nichols, yeah, yeah. All I could think of was uh, Mike Lee, who was not that early. Um, yeah, Mike Nichols directed. And Buck Henry, I think... Did he write the screenplay? I, I feel like he did, or he had something to do with it anyway.
1: He was he worked with someone on the screenplay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Buck Henry really... He did a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was a man. part of the early Saturday Night Live as well. Yeah,
0: he, he was a behind-the-scenes dude mostly, but yeah. Um, and The Umbrellas of Cherbourg is, it's a musical, um, it's basically a romantic movie, but it's a musical in the weird sense in that the entire thing is a musical. Like, there's no non-musical element to this movie. There's (laughs) either music going, or a dialogue is sung, um, so it's not like they break into song and then they stop and it goes back. It's all musical, um. And one of the most beautifully shot movies ever it just looks so fucking good that um, that's it's all that almost makes it for me more than anything to do with the story. But the story is also it's like a bittersweet. It's just very nice. Um, have you ever seen that one? No, that no, yeah.
1: sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but that that's our halfway point. So um, mm, take and, a break. Yeah, we'll take
1: a quick break the graduate just the spoiler alert didn't make my list but it was it was up there
0: yeah yeah just like uh psycho like with me so all right well this will be interesting then to see what i i know we have to have a tie and it'll probably be the same movie for our number ones but
1: we'll I, see. i'm pretty sure no i don't think so but i think we do have two ties left
0: okay at and least it'll be cool to see all right we'll be right back
1: We had a comrade,
0: a brave comrade He could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Jean Miro To computers wearing earphones oh. He almost died from conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke parks, greyhound racing, steeplechasing Goodest creation the, land of the and
1: right back to the take
0: all right we're back we're gonna try to zip through these because it is hot as hell here and I am getting grossly sweaty just lying here doing nothing like you're inside. turning everyone on I know well this should turn them on even more it's like living inside someone's butthole Um <sighs> What you now got? I'm hot. Lawrence so,
1: of Arabia, number five.
0: Never seen it. That that was one of the ones I, we talked about off air. That. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of the classics of all time. I've never seen
1: it. I actually, this is not my favorite choice for David Lean, but the my first choice, which is Bridge Bridge on the River Kwai, didn't come out in the '60s. So
0: I was gonna say David Lean. This was like his last big epic, wasn't it? Was
1: it? I, I, I don't know. I didn't Maybe realize did. that.
0: I, I I could be wrong. I mean, he was around for a long ass time. I just assume, but it
1: this was, but is this is legitimately, aside from weird casting, it's it's an awesome movie.
0: Yeah, my mom would always uh, cite this as her favorite movie, um, and weirdly, I just never saw it. Sorry, mom.
1: <laughs> it's about a white back, man start? saving uh,
0: differently covered colored savages, right? That's the basic gist of it.
1: See and he Alec Guinness it. plays one of the savages.
0: Oh, does he? Does Alec Guinness play um, a Middle Eastern dude? Yeah. Yeah. God, it's the '60s. I, I, it's not like the shit doesn't happen now, so, yeah. so I can't really take a moral high ground on it. But yeah, no, I, I have to see this. I know, but it's another one that's like long as shit, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think David Lean didn't have any movies less than three hours.
0: Yeah. I I feel like it's one that I would want to see in, like, 70 millimeter though, like, if they did it in a... You know what I mean? I don't know if it would work on TV as well, but...
1: I'm sure it would with our modern-day huge TVs, but it is worth an experience going to see it at the theater. I can't remember where I saw it, but I definitely saw it in the theater, and it was a long long haul, but it was fun.
0: Yeah, I, I mean... I've never heard anybody say Lawrence of Arabia sucks ever, so <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely need to see that. Um Yeah, and love Alec Guinness too. Um
1: Peter O'Toole. And Peter O'Toole, yeah, that's uh, he's He's had a really he's... interesting career, yeah. And this is I don't know if he had a movie before this, but it definitely was his breakthrough.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then all through the seventies he was like a dude who was in interesting yeah. shit, so mm-hmm. yeah, I gotta see it. Um, wait, what year was
1: Lawrence of Arabia? Do you have? Uh, I that down. Uh, sixty-two. Yeah, Man in Shot Liberty Valance was also sixty-two, and the movie that coming next to my list is also sixty-two. Oh
0: yeah, you got you got the early's covered. Well, well, yeah. w- one of one of your 62s is going to be the same as yep as one of mine, um, as my number one. I'll go ahead and say it because if you're going to do it first, I'm sure. Um, my number five is from nineteen sixty-eight. It's a little movie called Night of the Living Dead. Uh, George Romero started the whole zombie craze. Maybe you've heard of it?
1: Nope. Yeah. Well,
0: it's worth seeing. Um, shot on a minuscule budget, and it is like... I don't know what happened with it, why it's public domain. Um, like, he didn't have the rights to it. I guess he g- gave them up to the distributors. or something. I don't know the story behind it. Yeah, it's super weird, so... Um, you know, they'll always show it on Halloween and stuff on and, and, um, every channel because nobody has to pay for it. But uh, but it's really well made for and and like brutal and depressing for a horror, like different from 60s horror movies you would think of, um, aside from maybe Psycho. But this, this was even more like kind of a political statement in a way. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know if I've ever seen it. No shit. Yeah. I'm actually, I know I never seen it because it's black and white. I mean, I'm not saying I don't watch black and white movies. I I was just thinking I have seen the, a George Romero movie that had zombies, but it was one, I think there's one in the mall, right? That's the one I saw.
0: Oh yeah. Dawn of the dead. Yeah. That's yeah. that one's pretty good too. Um, although you know, the, the message there is a little, uh, hit you over the head, but still it was, <laughs> it's, it's a fun movie. Um, and gory. This one is far less gory, uh, just because of the budget. But oh, yeah, you gotta dude, Just go on YouTube. Shit, thing is <laughs> public domain. You can watch it. Um,
1: it's. And I, I just checked Wikipedia to find out why it's public domain, and it's just because they didn't put the notice on the film. The distributor, the the original people who put it out had a notice on it. When the new distributor took it over, because they changed the name from Night of the Flesh Eaters to Night of the Living Dead, they didn't. Uh, keep the statement on there so they lost oh, the so they cult.
0: just fucked so it was a technicality right a stupid technicality that you'd think could have been easily remedied but well that's too bad well it's not I mean George Romero went on to do other stuff so that's yeah, good yeah but, yeah um, well yeah you should watch this one it's it's really good um, alright what do you got for number four?
1: Oh. Number four. What was number four? Nineteen sixty 1960 film, nineteen sixty-two film, uh, based on novel called *To Kill a Mockingbird*. Oh nope. nope. Wah wah. <laughs> that's not right. the one I thought. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I true. know which
0: one we are both thinking of. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great movie that that didn't quite make my
1: list. Uh, it's it's a great movie and a great novel, and it's. Yep. One of the There's few. Uh, say about it. One of the few novels to movie.
0: Adaptations that uh,
1: worked, and I don't know that you can ever watch the movie and then read the novel and not think of Gregory Peck in the you, in the main role. I no, mean, no, you have to. There's there's other movies where it doesn't matter, that, but once you see him as as oh, I don't know Atticus Finch, lawyer. Atticus Finch, <laughs> one of the most famous names in literature, and I couldn't think of it. But any any Gregory Peck is who you see in your head, at least I do. Yeah,
0: I also see Robert Perfect. Duvall as uh, as the uh boo oh yeah so, yeah yeah I, yeah what can you say about it it's as everybody should know everybody i feel like has either read the book or seen the movie or both um yeah no it's a it's a really good adaptation uh don't know why it didn't make my list well probably cuz i went with the arty shit like my next one from uh 1966 blow up michelangelo antonioni um have you ever seen this one nope oh it's trippy it's almost um i don't know i don't know he he did this is i think his first english language film and it stars uh vanessa redgrave and some other dude whose name i can't remember it doesn't really matter um it's about a photographer um who thinks he might have photographed a murder while he was out uh, photographing shit in the park Um, he generally does like fashion models and shit and he's like lives a party kind of lifestyle, but then he gets obsessed with like blowing up this film to see if he can see what's going on in it. Um, if he actually did see the murder and it's, but it's very weird too. Like, I don't know what's going on with the fucking mimes playing tennis. Don't ask me. (laughs) Um, The ending is super ambiguous, but it's, it's arty, but in a really good way. Um, and also, uh, Blow Up, which was by Brian De Palma, starring John Travolta and Nancy Allen in 1980, early 80s movie, and was loosely based on this movie. Um, Blow Out. Blow is Out, sorry, yes, because this is Blow Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, definitely worth checking out another Criterion one. Um, all right, number three for you.
1: First movie, Oh, maybe not the first, but one of the first movies I remember seeing in the theater, and the only movie for a long time but after that I think I've seen something else but uh, very few movies that had an intermission for kids Mary Poppins yeah very fun Uh, in spite of the awesome accent by Dick Van Dyke or (laughs) British British Uh, it's a it's a fun movie it's great music and uh, oh uh, yeah I like it Julie Andrews yeah yeah Julie Andrews is awesome can't
0: go wrong with Julie Andrews she's pretty much perfect in every way yeah you'd before this you would have said you can't go wrong with dick van dyke but um (laughs) no it's just the accent i mean he's fine otherwise but you know
1: yeah
0: i'm a chimney sweet boy (laughs) eh? like that gets a little old
1: and when you're a kid watching it the accent is just i mean when you're a kid from from the u.s the accent's just fine yeah i'm interested in seeing that movie with tom hanks from a couple years ago where portrays um, Walt Disney trying to convince the original writer of of, uh, of Mary Poppins, P.L. Travers, to, to do the movie. I, I, it sounds like it's good. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the books were sort of racist. Yeah, of course. Well, and the movie's not. There's a new movie. No, the movie's not. The movie's the very sweet and it's very good. And there's a reboot of it coming with uh, – I can never remember her name – the secretary from – the um, uh, wow. I can't remember the movies that Fuck I know. What Are you from. talking about? Uh, what's the movie of Meryl Streep where she plays a mean boss? Oh, Anne Hathaway. Is that
0: who you're yeah. thinking of? Yeah.
1: Nope, not Anne Hathaway. The 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 woman who's a secretary that's already working there. Oh shit, Isla Fisher?
0: I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know who that's. Isla
1: Fisher. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know who that is. I do know who that is, but anyway, i am not have to look it up to let everyone yeah, know. It's I don't just...
0: even know what you're talking about. Are you talking about The Devil Loves Prada?
1: Devil wears loves. Where's Prada? Where's Prada? Anne Hathaway is the star, and she gets a new job working for Meryl Streep. When she comes into the office, there's a British woman who's a secretary who helps her out a little bit. Oh well, you don't remember her? I never saw Devil Wears Prada. What the fuck? Oh, Um, I'm supposed to know that? All the movies you've ever seen?
0: I think you can kind of guess. Let's see. Well, if only there was a way to look this up, right? Emily Blunt. That's who you're thinking of. I'm guessing.
1: Oh, I think a better hint would have been married to John Krasinski, Jim from The Office. Yeah. Anyway, she's in it with Lin Manuel Miranda, whose name I do know.
0: Yeah. Every time I see Emily
1: Blunt in something, I'm like,
0: "Who's that? What's her name?"
1: <laughs> I can't. I don't know why I can't remember her name. No, I,
0: I'm the exact same. Like,
1: I Emma Stone. Can remember. I remember. Yeah. Emma Stone is in a movie coming up with Steve Carell, also from The Office, where they they portray the what's the the match of this or the battle of the sexes from the the seventies where Billy.
0: Oh yeah, Billie Jean King versus uh, some dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that'd be a good role for Carell. Yeah. I can't anyway. really picture Emma Stone in that, but. You've seen Mary Poppins. Oh, of course, dude. I love Mary Poppins, and great soundtrack too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, saw. Mary and
1: the Poppins. weird, the the animation, and film was it's. It was at the time it was groundbreaking. Yeah,
0: fucking loved it. I remember another one with Angela Lansbury, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Did you ever see? I never that? saw that. No. Yeah, it's another. It was another like live action with animation.
1: Angela Obviously Lansbury, a, a vampire.
0: A vampire? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but so I'll just keep t- going. Uh,
1: because she looked the same in 1960 as she did in 1980.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah, uh, and now I guess. Yeah, no, that wasn't as good as Mary Poppins, but it was still. I love, I love that live-action animation mix, like uh, the incredible Mr. Limpet. Wasn't that? I never saw that either. Oh, do Dawn not. Anyway,
1: my- they perfected in Roger Rabbit and never did it again.
0: Nope. Why? Why try? Um, my number three. You know what? I'm gonna take it off. I, so I won't. I'm not gonna have another tie. So my number three. It was going to be a movie called Le True, it's like a prison break movie. But no, I'm just going to move Branded to Kill to number three, uh, Seijun Suzuki. It is about, well, it's another, like, Yakuza-type thing. Um, This dude's a hitman who uh, smells rice to get sexually aroused. And that's the least weird thing about the movie. (laughs) There are, like scenes that literally make no goddamn sense at all and you're like what the fuck is happening but it's like so stylish and like it was for nikatsu studios i believe like it was a they were a japanese studio from like the 50s and 60s and they just like they wanted directors who would just churn out shit really quick you know for you know quick hits for them and so they would do like these yakuza, yakuza like crime movies because they're like these are cheap you know they're easy and This dude, like, went so off the fucking rails with the shit that they were like, you're fired, dude. You're not, you're never working for us again. And he didn't work for, like, another ten years after this, but uh, it was worth it, in my opinion. So, uh, (laughs) uh, Joe Shiseido, I think is his, the actor's name, he got cheek implants. Oh, my god. Yeah, it's, dude, this movie is fucking bonkers, but also great. Um, 67, branded to kill. Seijun Suzuki, check that out. Uh, black and white, too. Uh, really, really nice black and white. Um, your number two. All right, your number two is going to be my number one. I I know it, so. <laughs>
1: the Manchurian Candidate. Of course. Is it, so is this story... The, the Manchurian Candidate is a great movie. It's about a... A person who's who's uh, what, like captured during the Korean War, and he's brainwashed into being a sleeper agent for the communists. And he comes back and he runs for office. So I guess you've seen this in in something called Homefront. Homefront,
0: yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, Homeland, <laughs> you mean? Home,
1: yeah. Is so? Is it true? And then part of the plot is the, the, the assassination of the president, right? Yeah, yeah. So is it true that Sinatra wouldn't let this be? like shown on in any way because of after the death of JFK, or is that just a urban legend?
0: No, I think that's actually true. And because, um, I read it from a number of different sources that seemed reliable. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't know why Sinatra had such control over it. It was a Frankenheimer movie, but right. uh, But I think he produced it. Oh yeah, that could be. Um, yeah, no, this is, this is not just one of the greats of the sixties. It's one of the greats of all time. And, uh, speaking of the vampire Angela Lansbury um, yep. playing the uh, the puppet master oh, playing Lord. the
1: puppet master and the mother of of the
0: of the mantrain candidate right but but um, she was like two years older than he was yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she
1: is so good in it
0: everybody is at the top of their game in this I mean these yeah. are not like the greatest actors ever well Angela Lansbury is fine but you know Joseph cotton and Sinatra is not necessarily a great actor, but everybody's really good in this. Yeah.
1: Wait, I, I forgot Joseph Cotton was in it. Isn't he? Oh, I shit. I don't know. If you say he is. I, I don't. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Now I'm
0: now I'm doubting myself. Wait, am I thinking of Lawrence Harvey? Wait, no, Joseph Cotton. Because jo- not just. No, Joseph Cotton's Farm? not in it. What? Who the? Why was I mixing him up with Lawrence Harvey? I don't know. Um, but doesn't matter. There's a, Joseph Cutton
1: is, like, older at this
0: point. Yeah, he would have been too old for the Lawrence Harvey role. I don't know why his name popped into my head. Anyway. Um, oh, you? Th- yeah, was- yeah. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Good
1: movie.
0: Excellent movie. Um, another one that, like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this shit is fucked up. Like, this is way more fucked up than I expected from a 60s movie.
1: Did you watch the remake?
0: No, never, never saw it. Never yeah. really had the desire.
1: Um, I did because uh, I mean just to see what they could have possibly been thinking
0: yeah I mean don't Jonathan Demi's a good director Denzel's a good actor Robin Hitchcock has a cameo I don't there's Mm -hmm. a lot going for it I just can't yeah Um, maybe we'll get David on and compare the two but this breaks David's remake rule wait what's his remake rule
1: don't remake good movies remake mediocre movies like Ocean's Eleven
0: yes for sure um no, yeah. There's no way that the remake can be anywhere near as good. I don't think anybody thinks it is. But honestly. speaking
1: of sixty our 60s list. I think the worst remake. Well, not the worst, but Psycho was a bad remake. It was yeah. a weird re- remake. It was an unnecessary remake, and the one thing they added was just weird. I.
0: It was also one I had no desire. Like I was like. I saw
1: it in the theater. I don't. I but it had good people around it. I. I just thought if yeah. they're doing it, they must know what they're doing. It's yes, fans and
0: I mean a shot-for-shot remake. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. I. Vince Vaughn had to be miscast. I, I'm sure he did a fine job, but Anthony Perkins is just so fucking creepy, and Vince Vaughn yeah. doesn't possess that, you know? Um, yeah, Manchurian Candidate. It, well, I guess we'll talk about it more in a second. My number two is Playtime by Jacques Tati. Have you seen this?
1: No. It's so, this is something also, we've talked about I should watch.
0: Yeah, also one I think they occasionally do 70mm revival um, which I think would be the way to see it um, almost no dialogue in this either and you would I think you'd be surprised how much I like it just because um, it's kind of slapstick it's a lot of physical comedy but just like genius physical comedy and like <laughs> physical comedy bits that go on for 40 minutes where you're just like <laughs> it's a continuous scene and shot and you're like how the fuck do you choreograph something like this <laughs> Like it's amazing, and this guy bankrupted himself, and I believe the film studio with this movie because he built an entire city for it. Wow! And yeah, I think it's still there on the outskirts of Paris. Um, maybe it's actually maybe it's not anymore. I know they were, He'd wanted it to be used by like other filmmakers and stuff to use it for their movies, but uh, I don't think that ever happened or not much. Anyway, um, it's it's like. You watch it and you're like, this is why film exists for something like this. This, It couldn't be done in any, any other medium. Nothing else could do it as well. And it's, yeah, it's like a serious work of comedic genius. Um, like, the, the way some people feel about Charlie Chaplin, I think, is how I see this movie. Playtime, everybody should see. Um, it's just like a bunch of goofy set pieces, really. It's like this guy bumbling through. A city during one 24 hour period. It's um, really
1: long, right? It's it's fairly long. It, it might be yeah.
0: three hours, um, but it's it's worth it.
1: And there's a criterion. collection yeah, edition, yeah.
0: Indeed, but I, I really want to see it on the big screen. So, anyway, yeah, that's my number two. Uh, you're number one. Now I'm intrigued because I kind of don't know what it's going to be.
1: Um, what did you call Playtime? A serious comedic. What was know. your word? I don't fucking know.
0: <laughs> and I understand I just said it, but come on.
1: <laughs> anyway, this is a serious... The best set... Well, not the best, but great satire. So now do you know? Dr. Strangelove. Oh, so I you did have Dr. Strangelove. Bomb. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't know you were going to double up. You usually don't like to double up on directors. But... Uh,
1: I think some directors deserve to double up. Yeah. This is such a great... Piece of satire. It's so funny on its own, even if you're not thinking of the satire, and it has lines that last forever. I mean, I I can imagine if I went to Giphy and looked up, um, the fighting that, in the war room. What? Okay. No, well, that would be there too. But the precious bodily fluids would also be there. <laughs> it's just such a funny line. It's a it's a funny movie, and it's it's Peter Sellers where he's reined in and he, but he's still hilarious. It's like it's not like the the later Pink Panther movies Panther where. Movies, it's, yeah. He's just like kind of dumb. He's still funny, but he's kind of dumb funny. This is just smart funny. It's really good and really, it's excellent. It's it, yeah. It's really a very good movie.
0: And being Kubrick, it's also really well made.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, and it's, it's and he never did a movie like this before or since. I mean, he, you consider him a pretty serious dude, and right. it is a serious film in a way. But I, I mean the the subjects that it's it's talking about are serious but it's a comedy just, for sure
1: it's yeah i, I think that's like kind of his thing right he would just not, he didn't really repeat movies
0: oh yeah he did he worked in all kinds of genres yeah mm-hmm. um yeah oh yeah well good i'm glad you had that on there um, cuz it was almost on mine as well i i tried not to repeat on this one i went with 2001 but i do think uh, doctor strange love is the better movie just as entertainment for sure
1: maybe i should go back and replace part i with breakfast at tiffany since i didn't put that in there i love that movie but it's so hard to watch because yeah of I,
0: I, I just i mean that that makes it so rough for me that it's yeah i didn't even consider it
1: yeah, I I mean I had trouble thinking of '60s movies I had because I hadn't watched as many like your list is filled with movies that sound awesome but I've never seen so I I yeah I guess after you do your number one we can talk about what was outside. Yeah, well my number one at.
0: as I mentioned uh, is the Manchurian Candidate. Um, what? Yeah, I know it's shocking. Jan oh <laughs> Janet Lee, we also didn't mention who mm-hmm. they have a great like meet cute scene on the train. Um yeah, oh my god, what a great movie. Um, but, yeah, there's not anything else to say. We already mentioned it. But from 62, um, Sinatra does great work for once in his career as an actor. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody watch The Manchurian Candidate.
1: Yeah. Okay. And Doctor Strangelove. Watch and, that. Yes,
0: and Doctor Strangelove. Um, I
1: think of my list, the ones that... I mean, I think they're all good. And they, none. Of, my my list isn't like yours, where there's some that you say that are hard to watch. I don't think any of mine are hard to watch. But I think everyone should see Mary Poppins too.
0: Oh yeah, I I just feel like everybody is, has to have seen that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There's no way. Yeah, I would say for me, I would go Manchurian Candidate, um, and Playtime. If my, I guess my top two. If you had to pick yeah. two. You absolutely have to see those two. Um, and I would say Dr. Strangelove as well if it had been on my list.
1: I'm surprised that uh, Dr. Strange Love wasn't on your list. That's I was expecting those two to be our, our two dupes. Yeah,
0: well, the only reason, like I said, oh, I picked the 2001, right, um, right. which I knew I you wouldn't that. pick. Like, it's it's a, a rough choice, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why it wasn't on my list. Otherwise, it would have been for sure. I could have even done a tie, but, you know.
1: Anyway. So I... As far as things go, I had kind of had a tie with Midnight Cowboy and The Graduate, which I think they're both good movies, but I don't think they're as good as they used to be. Yeah, I don't. The, it like, held up at quite that well.
0: Like I said, The Graduate holds up um, to the extent that you can you can watch it and like it doesn't feel like super dated and corny, but it's yeah, it's it, shit has progressed so much from there that it's it's doesn't hold up in that way. Um, I've never seen Midnight Cowboy, another one.
1: Really? And I think that it's very similar to The Graduated. You can watch it, but it, it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact.
0: I'm walking not...
1: here! Yeah. That's, that's all you need to know, I feel like. Dustin Hoffman is pretty awesome in that movie. Uh, the other one I had... Well, What do you have? you have any you want to um, talk about?
0: Shoot. I'm trying to think. I, I lost my list of 60 movies. No, you keep going and I'll, I'll see what I get.
1: As I mentioned Breakfast at Tiffany's, that was... Uh, I, Audrey Hepburn is so awesome and so great, and that movie is kind of sweet, and the music is Mancini's at the light, but Mickey, River, Rooney? Man. Yeah. Mickey Rooney comes in and ruins everything, and George Pard. And and, uh, and it's funny that uh, who wrote that? Oh, Truman Capote. Truman Capote but, wrote wrote kind of wrote a love story about him, and I don't know who, if there it was about someone famous or just you know, Lee, maybe I think it, it, it might have been. No, maybe not. Oh. I, they, I know they were no, childhood friends, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was later. Yeah. But, anyways, and George Papard, who was also gay, is the star of this movie, where. Not relevant. Yeah. Uh, Charade.
0: Charade, a great one. Yes, I, yes. Audrey think, Hepburn and uh, Cary Grant, Grant, also possibly
1: now. gay. I, I, I believe. Bye. Yeah, bye. But
0: he lived with, oh my God, some other actor for a long time.
1: Randolph Scott, right?
0: Yeah, no? I, I, I think you might be right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, no, Charade's great. Alter, also Walter Matthau.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's one of those movies that's just, it, it has twists and turns that make sense and are fun as you're watching. You're like, what? What's going on? Great that's cinematography I, as well. Um, and I think it's underrated. I don't think a lot of people have heard of it. It's one of those movies I'd say you should give that. I I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like, it seems like the kind of movie someone watches. Like, I can't believe I've never seen this before. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not one of Cary Grant's most well-known movies.
0: No, and it's it's set in Paris. It looks great. Um, no, that's an awesome one. Um, oh,
1: music, music also done by Henry me
0: Yes, yeah, um, uh, Head for me by the Monkees, but it's a, it's oh. another one. It's a hard, it's a hard sell. It's it's uh, basically absurdist, you know, nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a G-rated movie, but they show footage that everybody knows at least the still picture of of the Vietnamese like general dude shooting the other dude in the head. Jeez, how... They show footage of that over and over <laughs> repeatedly throughout that movie and I'm like, Jesus Christ. You I show a, the, a literal the, murder
1: and it's rated G. The reviewers is just like, oh, it's the monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to bother watching this one. <laughs> um, and then they watched, they didn't watch Midnight Cowboy either. He said, it's at midnight. That's an X for sure. X, X rating for that, yeah. Um, I almost put
0: Strangely, well, I also like, strangely, I guess, uh, West Side Story. <laughs> um, it's corny and shit, but, uh, but it's not bad.
1: I've never seen it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Natalie Wood, great. Um, what else? Man.
1: The Sal Mineo in that?
0: Yeah, Sal Mineo's in it. Um, let me see. I can't find the list that I was originally looking at. Um, there's, there's also other oh cool hand luke um have you seen that paul newman yeah
1: yeah i don't think i like that that much
0: i liked it um but i haven't seen it in a long ass time which is why i couldn't really
1: is that the one where he starts off like is that he's eating the eggs or is that a different movie yeah
0: yeah, it's the egg eating one yeah yeah okay um i know looking at the oh yajimbo is another good uh kurosawa one and that that's a short one for him um so that was almost on my list, but I I think High and Low is better.
1: You know, it's funny. I almost put um, what's Butch Dance? Butch Sunday? But oh, yeah. yeah, on my list, and I remember it, I'd never seen it. I just heard a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I really need to see that movie. I've seen it. It's it's fine. It's fun, but it's not. Oh, it's yeah. Just okay. I, it's it's fun. Like it's nothing mind blowing. Um, I. I How think, about
1: Bonnie and Clyde? Have you ever seen that? I've never
0: or... seen Bonnie and Clyde. That's another one of the. 60s ones that I missed. Um, uh, Well, I did say I almost put the Wild Bunch on mine, which would have been the only Western. Um, Because that one's really good. Yeah, geez, what else was there, man? Oh, Rosemary's Baby. I just like that it's... I mean, it's kind of goofy now, but it's also, like, really paranoid. And it's also Polanski, so... um, I think if we're going to do Polanski, you already did it with Chinatown. That's the one of his that... If you gotta, if you gotta not boycott him, see that one.
1: Yeah. His story just gets worse and worse. Yeah. I think because people defend him anyway. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. People Um, love
0: Bonnie and Clyde and I've never seen it. Um, I know. That's why our lists are like, I feel ashamed. I'm glad you at least saw Lawrence of Arabia. I would have felt kind of bad if neither one of us had that on our (laughs) list. Yeah. That's about it for me. Um, I guess I will watch Midnight Cowboy event, eventually.
1: Recommendations, Asians, Asians, Asians. Yeah, recommendations,
0: Asians, Asians. Um, what you got? Oh, I can tell you. Uh, I well, hopefully this is not your recommendation. I can't see why it would be. I mentioned to you on Facebook. Um, there's a Adam Scott Netflix movie called Little Evil. I think. You don't. You, there's no need to watch it. <laughs> even even <laughs> just for Adam Scott, I would say no. Oh, uh,
1: so you watched it. You took the bullet.
0: I did. I took the bullet for you. Yeah. Um, skip that. And um, what 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 do you have for recommendations?
1: I'm gonna recommend the, the tiny French novel I read. Oh which
0: Broken one? Harbor. Is it the third one or
1: Um uh, Where's this come yeah. in order? I mean I don't know. It's, it's oh I wish they Wikipedia did a better job of telling where yeah, in the order that's it, fine. It's it's uh What's the title? Broken Harbor. Broken Harbor. Okay, yeah, I haven't read that one. It's um so it's a part of the Dublin Murder Squad uh, series that she's written, and it's I like it, I, but I kind of got I didn't like how the past was entering, and that was kind of the what what do they call that the every the formula, and that yeah. this one had that formula as well, but it was a little bit it just did, it worked a lot better than it has in in other ones. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. So, to hear. and it's it's well written emotionally. The emotions are conveyed really effectively. Characters are interesting. and Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I think I'd put it up there with with the first one. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, Butthole Harbor, I think is what you said it was called.
1: Um, That's not true. Oh, I'm going to recommend... Broken Harbor. Broken Harbor. It's the fourth in the series.
0: I'm going to recommend a couple of image comics that are fairly new titles. Um I like think one has three issues out. One has two, I believe. Um, one is called Sacred Creatures. Did you try that?
1: Nope.
0: Who's writer? Writer is Pablo Raimondi. And... Uh, and Sorry. Pablo Raimondi and Klaus Janssen are the writers. Um, and it's like a super thick one. Like, it's a lot thicker than most comic books. Um, it's about... Kind of about like these old gods who come to life as humans i don't want to spoil it because it's it's good um it's got crime elements it's got all kinds of shit going on um but it's interesting sacred creatures um worth checking out and also one called crosswind have you heard about that nope so this is written by um gail simone and oh neat yeah illustrated by cat stags yeah and there are three issues of this out. Um, unfortunately, when I went, uh, they didn't have the second issue, so I got one and three, and I have to wait to go back to get the second one, um, which is annoying because I like it. But yeah, it's called Crosswind, and it is—it's uh, it, hard to say what's going on. It tells different people's stories from different from their own points of view, but they—they they will become interconnected. Um, but it's done oh, really cool. well. Yeah, um, Crosswind.
1: So Gail Simone's interesting. I, I have not read of a lot of her, a lot of her stuff, but what I've read, I've liked. that She did a, a run on Batgirl that's good. But it's interesting how <clears throat> she gained notoriety originally for beca- being a part of a, like a fan, a, a group of fans who put together Women in Refrigerators, the website that oh, right. kind of criticized the industry, and then she she was able to work her way into a a, a talent like a. A writing job where it's highly acclaimed it's not like it was just she did that got famous got to do one job and that's it but she's she's been highly like you're enjoying this she's done a lot of good things so that that's pretty cool to to start from there and end up <clears throat> in the industry start as a fan and work her way into the industry it's really neat
0: yeah that's and that's a site um all comic fans should check out too i feel like is it still around i i i think so maybe i saw like a a cached copy like mm-hmm. linked from somewhere else. It might not still, but you can find but it. Yeah.
1: Basically it's just a list of everyone. Women who have been like tortured or killed or, or raped, raped or yeah. just, just to give the, the, the man, the man and the main, the male character, a something to do.
0: The, a heroic act. Yeah. Or, right. and, and not always just like secondary characters. Some of them were actual superheroes themselves. So, right. Um, yeah, know it's a i didn't know that she was involved with that actually so that's cool yeah that's she's fine.
1: the one who came up the, with the name oh yeah women because in
0: it, that was a green lantern thing or something wasn't yeah, it yeah 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 that's
1: what brought the whole thing about
0: yeah Ugh. anyway um yeah this was fun i like doing these lists uh, yeah yeah we only had one crossover too surprising
1: or one, yeah, I'm, yeah, I thought there'd be at least two. This is well, you had a lot of those foreign movies, and I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not able to read. Yeah, so that's the problem. No. no,
0: yeah, it's you're you're learning. You're watching your Sesame Street on HBO
1: now. Um, does not uh, HBO Go? If write to us at gmail.com. Rate us highly on iTunes. If you'd like to add us as a friend on Facebook, that would be good. Also, if you Really want to help us? Tell your friends to listen. Do it. And before I forget,
0: um, I can't really remember, but I'm almost positive when we did our list of the best 70s movies, I left one off. I'm going to retroactively add it. uh, The In-Laws. How could I not have The In-Laws on my best 70s movies list? If I didn't. I don't know. I'm (laughs) not going to go back and listen. I I
1: think I have it written down. Let me me just look at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this should be fun uh, podcasting.
1: Why? Oh, I'm going to say what their, your list is so people will hear. They, I know they can't see through my eyes yet. It's coming. Ooh. Uh, you have the Godfather, taxes. Nope, no in-laws.
0: Yep, so the in-laws going to be tied with
1: something on there. I'll have to find it.
0: Anyway, um, yeah, that was it. I'm going to go uh, take a shower and then get out and be sweaty and take another shower. <laughs> so, until next time, goodbye everybody.
1: Goodbye.